855-450 free. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line on the uh, live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. So it's the live Sunday edition, and I know you're not used to getting live programming on the weekend, especially on a Sunday evening. I mean, this is practically a throwaway time for a lot of talk stations. But if you're hearing us on your radio station, that means they care enough about you that they're providing you with live content. So you can call in at 855-450-FREE. That's uh, 3733 for those of you who uh, don't have little numbers on your phone, little letters on your phone. 855-450-3733. Until then, I'd say we should uh, break into some show prep. First, though, I want to welcome the listeners of WPBQ AM 1240 in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, If you haven't heard the show yet, well, you got to listen to Free Talk Live for a little while to really get the concept. This isn't a, this isn't your average Democrat talker or Republican talker. We take the issues from an entirely different standpoint, and that standpoint has to do with peace, freedom, and personal responsibility. We believe that the very best people for solving problems are not unaccountable government bureaucrats. We believe that it's you. Whatever your problem is, you you can probably solve it best. And that, you know, the the things that the government does to get in the way of you solving that problem should probably be taken out of the way. So, 855-450-FREE. Let's talk about, well, something that can be very, very difficult for people making a better life for themselves. A line in the sand known as the border. <laughs> all these, all countries have them. and they I think claim- a lot of people can relate to this issue because they've either immigrated somewhere themselves or they've known someone who has immigrated and i hope that they can you know as they hear this story kind of think about it from someone's perspective who is you know trying to get to a better place trying to improve their standard of living and you know maybe encountering a lot of hurdles along the way yeah you one really wonders why you shouldn't just be able to go someplace and if somebody wants to hire you, do some work there mm-hmm. or start your own business supplying goods and services to people who want them. But no, if you don't have the right stamps, if you don't if you aren't, you know, claimed by the right country, you can't just do that. Well, you know, Mark, most people when they hear that argument would say, well, of course, I think that people should be able to go wherever they want and work. But what about the welfare that they get? What about all the government well, that's, benefits? That's a really great question. I don't think that uh, I don't think I have the responsibility to provide welfare for somebody who comes uh, across the border or, you know, free medical care or free schooling or whatever it is that they may, you know, that, that the government may wish to provide them. I think I might these... want to do that voluntarily. And in fact, I do. I do some volunteer work and give money to different charities and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, when you're talking about the government giving those so-called services to different people, then it becomes a whole separate issue. Yeah, it's extraordinarily inefficient and it becomes an entitlement. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that anybody is entitled to my money to you know, educate themselves or feed themselves or feed their kids or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't think they're entitled to it. Mm-hmm. If they want it, they may ask. And I certainly give a lot, but I don't think they're entitled to it. So let's go on here with the article from CNN at CNN.com. This is uh, written by Amy M. Wilkinson. If we want to create jobs in America, we must welcome foreign born innovators. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses of immigrant entrepreneurs yearning to breathe free. Now, I would say that every, inside of everybody is an entrepreneur in some way or another 
yearning to break free. And mm. that you'll find that immigrants tend to be more entrepreneurial than U.S.-born citizens. Mm, yeah, well, it's kind of a self-selecting group, right? Because they had the initiative to move their location to somewhere that they thought might help them be, you know, have a better life, right? Indeed. So this is the message that we need Lady Liberty to shine forth into the world. Yet Atlas Island has put up a velvet rope line. To vital job generators, we're saying there's no room for you. Wait a minute. It's not a velvet rope line. It's more like a barbed wire fence it's with helicopters <laughs> patrolling overhead yep. and drones waiting to pick people up. No, I mean, don't forget the Border Patrol, armed guys, well, you know, ready well, to toss yeah. them. I mean, there are so many politicians these days who talk about, quote, securing the borders and they're talking about things like building giant walls and oh yeah you know all kinds of well, there are walls and i've just yeah. seen a video on youtube where some uh, little mexican kids uh, climbed that wall in 12 seconds right right up oh. so i mean the, the wall is worthless and this well, is we what need happens. a bigger wall Mark. right need taller walls moats <laughs> alligators money. infrared track and machine guns border ninjas i mean we need it all right uh, you know, there's there's no yeah. end to what they can could put there but in fact, they're, as I understand it, the second uh, country that immigrants come from—I don't remember—I I looked this uh, this up recently. But one of the one of the countries that uh, immigration is largest from is China, mm-hmm. and this is illegal immigration is is largest from. That means that huh. somehow or another, the Pacific Ocean couldn't keep these people away, and the United States government—I don't care who, the, how good they think they are—isn't going to create a. A barrier as effective as the Pacific Ocean. Nothing as large, <laughs> nothing as deep, nothing as effective as, as full of nasty predatory things as the Pacific Ocean. Well, you know, um, the world is getting smaller and smaller, and now there are better modes of uh, communication and travel and stuff like that. And I think that uh, places are best served by just rolling with that, you know, and and using that to benefit them somehow. Not like this old-fashioned idea of, well, we have to restrict who can come onto this certain landmass because they might be competing with us and so forth. No, those ideas are dying. So um, we'll go on to the article here in just a second. But uh, John from California has called in, listening on XM. John, what's on your mind? Did I hear a click? Oh, I did. Great. John. Uh, well, John is welcome to call back, right? He, he may call back. Mm-hmm. Inviting immigrants to create jobs may seem counterintuitive, but the facts are clear. Immigrant-led innovation is key to creating U.S. jobs. According to statistics from Partnership for a New American Economy, 40%, 40% of Fortune 500 companies were created by immigrants or their children. Wow. Can you imagine Forty percent of Fortune 500 companies. I mean, well, what is the many... percentage of pop- the population that is immigrants? Right. Well, that's what I was wondering myself. Yeah. And Much in my less experience, than 40%. <laughs> this is, um, you know, tended to be true. Like a lot of the people who I've known um, in science or whatever has started um, startup companies. Um, many of them are from outside the U.S. originally, or their it's, parents are. It's been true all along. It's been it's been true all along that immigrants mm-hmm. people the people that are that have the gumption to get up and move their lives here have the gumption to create businesses that create wealth and jobs and a better life for the United States. And it's uh, kind citizen, of funny because a, a lot of the people. people, a lot of people today who are opposed to immigration, were 
if you go back a few generations, children immigrants. of immigrants. Oh, or but they immigrants did it themselves. right then. You see, this is the, the argument is, well, it we did okay it right did back it. then. My my grandfather did it right. Well, which means that he came, he bought a ticket, came over, um, you know, got uh, his name messed up on Ellis Island, stayed there three days in quarantine, and off he went. You it was see, a lot easier in those days. Right. There were not as many restrictions Government and not as many costs. Government bureaucracies grow. Excuse me. They get bigger and they get bigger all the time. And this one has been left unchecked. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have the check of voting because the people it quote unquote serves don't even have the ability to vote. Yep. So they can they make it arduous and difficult to get over here, especially if you're from someplace nearby like Mexico. You could you could wait your whole life waiting to move, immigrate legally from Mexico. You may never you be could able to do spend so. your whole fortune too. Yes. I mean, unfortunately, and the, 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 it the immigration costs a lot. lawyers that, that it's it's incredible, incredible what it costs for immigration lawyers. You know, and it's very sad too because I hear a lot of people who are immigrants, like recent immigrants, I guess, and who have jumped through all the flaming hoops and hired the immigration lawyers and paid a lot of money for them. And sometimes I hear them say stuff like, "Well, I." I had to do this, sure. so everybody else should have to do this, too. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through all that trouble just to come here, but no, it doesn't mean that that should be the case for everybody yeah, else. Just because it happened to you doesn't make it right. Yeah, um, that, exactly. You know, that, that, doesn't mean it, that doesn't mean it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of people that, are, that have drawn a line someplace and said, you can't cross this without our permission. Right. Now, that would be true if you were, say, a property owner. And don't forget the money. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the money. Right. Yeah. If you were a property owner and you own that land legitimacy, legitimately, but the United States government, you know, we can look at what its claim to the, the ground that we are on is. And, you know, as, as a feudal lord might claim ground, because we all pay in the taxes and that kind of thing. So it's 855 450 free. Free Talk Live. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-453-FREE. Free Talk Live, not only are we an interactive radio program where you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, but we're an interactive, we have an interactive website too. You can go to freetalklive.com. You can link to stories, blog posts, videos, whatever you want. And look at other people's, vote them up, vote them down. They can do the same to your submissions. And in the process, we put a lot of eyes on whatever it is that uh, that, that you upload there. So you can get, uh, you know, whatever you think is important, go to freetalklive.com and uh, put that news story there, blog post, whatever it might be. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, Man Venture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. 
ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You know how important that is when you're shopping online. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. I've gone over there and I've looked at the prices. In fact, that you know it, it, this is true. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's ManVentureOutpost.com. So we're reading an article here on how to create jobs in the United States. And it seems a little counterintuitive, but it's let immigrants come to this country. That's the claim. The claim is that, uh, according to statistics from Partnership for a New American Economy, 40% of Fortune 500 companies were created by immigrants or their children. Further, between 1995 and 2005, 25% of high-tech startups in the United States had at least one immigrant founder. 25%. You know that immigrants aren't 25% of the population. Yeah, probably not. But that's very interesting. These companies have created more than 450,000 jobs. That's more than Barack Obama's creating, I'll tell you that. Oh, he can't create any. I mean, the the government cannot create jobs. Well, the government can create jobs by making government jobs, which don't actually produce anything. Or if they they, do produce something, they don't produce it at a market rate. Right, because they are funded by taking money non-consensually from everybody else. Sure. And actually, I saw this graph. I don't know if you've seen this, Mark, but there was this graph circulating around a little while back. I think it was from like the Heritage Foundation or one of those conservative think tanks. And it was a graph of how many private sector jobs there have been over the last three or four or five years. And it's going steadily down. Mm. And then the number of government sector jobs that have been uh, in existence over the last couple of years since marching steadily up. And so you can really just see that uh, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, basically. They, those jobs have to come from somewhere. And if there are more people working for the government, well, their salaries have to be paid from somewhere. And oftentimes they earn a lot more than equivalent jobs do in the private sector. And so that money has to be taken uh, from other people. Right. You know? And that, that's what it boils down to is uh, the government doesn't have the incentives the marketplace does. And it doesn't know how many, say, male people you need or, or whatever. So um, nothing's really being created there. It's just shuffling it's being around created, but it's not. But it's, something it's else not is efficient. being destroyed. And that's what is unseen by most people. Right. Right. I mean, it's a it's a it's a failure. And here's how. If I go out and buy if my wife tells me to go buy a car. I might be successful in going to a car dealership and offering them $100,000 for a Honda Accord. Now, when I get back home, my wife's going to consider that a failure because I spent three or four or five times as much on that car as I needed to spend. So that's a failure, not a success. If government creates a job or builds a building or builds a bridge and pays way too much for it it's not a, it's not a success but you don't get to see like they don't the but government it, Mark, doesn't build a bridge and I, then the, the private market builds a bridge right next to it you rarely get to actually compare apples to apples right but that analogy i have one problem with it it's mm-hmm. it's great i mean yes the government does overpay for everything but it wouldn't really be like you going to a car dealership and offering a hundred thousand dollars from your own wallet it would be like you going around with a gun and sticking up a bunch of different people and collecting a hundred thousand dollars from them and then offering that to the car dealership oh, actually, to buy all, a Honda. All the money that I would spend is my wife's. So I mean it's it is actually pretty Ooh. similar. <laughs> so here we go. Um so further let's see. Take Google. Russian-born Sergey Brin, together with US-born Larry Page, built a search engine business that today employs thirty one thousand three hundred people. 
French-born eBay founder Pierre Ahmed. Dar cultivated. Come seven, on, give me your best French yeah, accent. Not, not me. Yeah. <laughs> cultivated <laughs> seventeen thousand seven hundred jobs in Taiwanese born. I got this one. Jerry Yang, co-founder of Yahoo, paved the way for today's uh, thirteen thousand seven hundred Yahoo employees. Current U.S. visa policy, however, is thwarting would-be job generators from pursuing their aims within our borders. We cannot afford to expel these vital individuals. Consider the case of Amit. A Haroni, a Stanford Business School graduate, despite having raised $1.65 million in venture capital and created wow. nine jobs at his San Francisco startup, CruiseWise.com, Aharoni, an Israeli, Israeli national, received a letter from U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services denying his request for a visa. Not only that, the letter informed Aharoni that he had to leave the country immediately. Oh, my gosh. So what happens to all of his nine employees and his company? Relocating to Canada in October, Aharoni continued oh, wow. to conduct business meetings using Skype only after ABC World News made his, uh, pu- his public, uh, public his predicament did the U.S. agency reconsider and approve his visa petition. Now, this goes to oh show that goodness. they had no wow. reason for doing this. No. They just did it because that's what they do. They, bop, step, deny, 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 whatever, deny. Oh, that poor guy. And when, the, when ABC News comes and shines a light... Just like cockroaches do, they skitter away and then mm-hmm. uh, they reconsider what they've done. Yeah, and, and you know these are the folks that that uh, you know if if controlling the border and controlling immigration is an important function, then why in the world would you turn it over to the government? Yes, because you could ask because, that about any important function. Right, yeah. the government. I mean, this is what happened. These government agents mm-hmm. said, "No, we're going to kick this entrepreneur out who's created jobs, um, who's uh, bringing in you know creating wealth for this nation. We're going to kick him out because we don't lose anything." Our government pensions are good. We're going to continue to work and at these jobs. he sounds like he's brown. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, what, I, don't, right? I don't know. I imagine it's just easier. You know, it's just easier to say no than it is to say yes. Yeah. Well, that's the whole reason you have to ask permission in the first place is so they could say no. Um, I, I do want to bring up a point. I mean, this person who got kicked out of the U.S. Aharoni. Aharoni. Uh, Aharoni. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but this person had a business and he had some people who were depending on him, his employees and his business. But they do this to families all the time. There are multiple examples that we've read on this show over the past few years and that I've read on my own of people who are partners with one another and then one partner doesn't have the correct green card or visa or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it literally rips apart a family. Oh, sure. And... You know, businesses are really important, but so are families. And you just got to wonder when that's happening on a regular basis. It seems like there's something wrong with the system. Yeah. At this point, the uh, United States government has defaulted to the position that you're getting married in order to slip into this country. Not because you love that person or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they have to check up on you, too. Right. right. Don't, don't they have to interview you like the immigration people do these interviews and they want to see photos in, of you from the year past in, and everything. Intrusive interviews and that kind of thing. They ask if you have consummated the marriage and things like that. It's like, right. do you They're really want to talk about gover- your love life with the government bureaucrats? Government bureaucrats asking me about when I had sex last. Yeah. What? It's bizarre. <laughs> 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Live. 
Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Talk Live, 855-453. Sickle toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-453-FREE. Another thing you can do is go to freetalklive.com and take advantage of all the archives we have for you. We have archives going back to 2006. We do this show seven nights a week. We used to do it six nights a week and we added the Sunday show for you uh, because we know that there's not a lot of live programming out there. And Lucky we wanna, listeners. That's right. We want to provide <laughs> that, that that service to our customers. It's archives.freetalklive.com. So you can go there, get them in MP3 format, whether you want to use them while you work out or heading to work or you know whatever, what, working in the garden, it's up to you. It's archives.freetalklive.com for archives going back for... Till 2006, it must be thousands of hours of Free Talk Live. Take advantage of it. So we're reading this article from CNN.com about how immigrants increase wealth in the country and how they create jobs. Going on, we want your talent should be our national slogan. Come and build your businesses in the United States. Don't move to Bangalore or Shanghai or Dubai or Moscow. Don't go to Istanbul or Sh- Sh- I don't even know, Sh- Shenzhen or Sao Paulo <laughs> when we need you in the emerging markets of our own uh, country in places like Detroit, Buffalo, and Cleveland. The point is that immigrant entrepreneurs create jobs, and our top priority should be to foster innovation um, ecosystems here at home. Now, Mark, what would you say, because there are so many people out there who say the immigrants are taking Americans' jobs. What do you say to that? Well, I I understand what the concerns are. Um, The concerns are that the marketplace changes over over time and Mm -hmm. people don't and change that wasn't your idea stinks. Every time, every time the change you know, occurs to you, whether that is a, you know, your car is telling you it's getting a little too old and it's time to get a new one <laughs> or whether or whether your girlfriend or boyfriend is telling you, you know, I don't think this relationship is right for us. It's time to move on. What, you know, the boss, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, you know, things breaking down, whatever the change is that you didn't think of. Stinks. Now, the change you think of is great. You think to yourself, I need a new car. I'd sure like it in red. That's a good idea to then to get a new car, right? <laughs> well, I'd like to, I like this new girl better than I like the one that I'm dating. Change is then a good idea. Now, it's the same thing, but it's a perspective issue. And Yeah, I think the people definitely want security and to know that they'll be able to continue making a living. And so if they perceive that being threatened, then oftentimes they might feel scared or whatever. Here's what I propose. If people want their jobs to not be taken from them, then they should contract with their employers to never be fired and to never be able to leave. I mean, that's what it comes down to, because they what people want is their cake. That's and a little to bit of a too. harsh it's, way. Of it's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely it's a ridiculous statement. The statement is that 
I well, should. Like, how I we... should be able. The, the employer should have to pay me what I want to get paid for as long as I wanted to get paid it. But when I feel like moving on to a better job, then. I should be able to do so with no recriminations whatsoever. And I think that that is an unfair circumstance. A job doesn't well, cer- actually belong to the individual who Certainly works an, at it. Certainly a job is a voluntary relationship between employer and employee. And, you know, um, a lot of people work for themselves, right? And so sure. that's just, there's only one party to that relationship, mm-hmm. right? But, you know... Customers should be responsible for giving me money and buying my services. And it's certainly true that a voluntary relationship like a job, you know, really can't be forced. It has to be something where both people want to be there at least enough to continue the relationship, right? But I would argue that having immigrants in the U.S. doesn't even, quote, take people's jobs. I think that when they come here, they demand certain services like they need a place to live and a and things to eat and it's a they, net they creation they, right they they net create jobs because everybody who comes needs uh, to eat they need to drive they need to live mm-hmm. uh, someplace they you know they consume things as well as produce things so uh, but when you're talking about that carpenter who you know was making fifteen dollars an hour and is now being outclassed by a um, you know an illegal for ten dollars an hour or five dollars an hour I don't know I mean I'm not going to claim to know what rates they're working at that carpenter is going to feel t- tends to feel that carpenter is called many times and said, I don't like this. This is harming me. Right. And well, I mean, the thing about that is that, you know, if someone can come and do your job for a cheaper rate or better hours or whatever, provide the service um, in a different way as you. And if you want to prohibit that, you know, it's really kind of a disservice to the customer or the end user because they're not getting as good of a product as they could be getting. And, you know, um, I think as all of us are consumers, right? All of us buy products and use services and stuff. And I think all of us would want to get the best possible service that we could for our dollar. And, uh, you know, if people want to prohibit competition in their own jobs from immigrants, for instance, I mean, why stop there? Why why not prohibit competition from younger people or people right. who are, this is, uh, you know, right. they're pointing at immigrants and saying they've crossed the imaginary line against the law that we've, uh, you know, all managed to work for, even though our parents are immigrants. Uh, you know, we, we want them, you know, now that now that we're here, immigration must stop this, right. this idea. But this same argument has been used for technological advances. It's been used for younger workers. Mm-hmm. It's been used for people who are willing oh, to pay less. Disabled yes, for people. machines. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, there you can read these old essays from people saying that, uh, you know, you should. Them uh, robot arms that are building <laughs> cars are stealing people's jobs. Right. Or, or even like horses or, or things like that, yeah, you know. Sure. <laughs> like, right. Well, where about the, what about the farriers, the guys that used to put horseshoes on the horses? I mean, what yes. happened to all their jobs? Blacksmiths. I mean, <laughs> cars. The car manufacturers destroyed those people. They stole those people's jobs. No, they didn't. They didn't. The public decided they wanted to drive cars, not ride horses. And that was that. And yeah. that they you know, they got a better service and they moved on. And, and you know, part life of, changes. Part of being a human being is the fact that every person has a, a set of skills that they have. Now, I will be the first to admit that some people are more fortunate in that they have larger skill sets than others. Some people have the privilege of having more education or more training or whatever. But as human beings, we are not just limited to doing one job and only being able to do sure. one job for our entire lives. I've we always have options. Jobs. And, you know, at the time, it didn't feel really great. But now, 
my job is better than it was before, so therefore I had to be fired in order to end up where I am today. Mm-hmm. And it's and, about perspective. And you, didn't, you didn't just go shrink away and say, well, this I guess job... I'll never be able to work again. Right, right. You, I mean... <laughs> you could obviously use your skills, your diverse skills, your human capital, right? Your, uh, I, I guess I don't really like that phrase, but your unique talents and skills to do something else that would make you happy and benefit other people and it would create a win-win situation. You have a monopoly on your own labor. You decide yeah. how your labor is used and who it's used on. You get to spend your time and precious energy on the things that you're interested in and the people you're interested in serving. And if you're not doing that, then you know, that's <laughs> you should move on anyway. And I understand why people, you know, people want to limit competition. It would be really great for Free Talk Live if all the other radio shows weren't allowed to be on the air. If only Free Talk Live was allowed to be on at, you know, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. No other show was allowed to compete against us because that would be really awesome. Yeah. And wouldn't it be great, Mark, if you lived in a city of like 5,000 women and you were the only man. And that would be awesome. It would be <laughs> really, really great. I right. mean, but, but it would be great for you. It wouldn't be great for them. Right. right. I mean, you know, that, would, that would, be, would be more difficult for I mean, them. That's the whole thing about wanting to limit competition. It may make the person whose job is being protected feel uh, more secure, at least in the short term, but it really doesn't benefit everybody else, especially who are the customers, right? Competition is the very best thing for the marketplace. And it may it not be you great better for the too. person who's uh, providing, it may not feel great for the person who's providing the service in a given instance because it drives down cost. It really does drive down cost. I mean, there's there's no denying it. Don't you it, think too that it, it, if there it were... It creates innovation and um, benefits and, you know, the, the product it gets better. Don't you think too that if there were no other radio shows that were competing with Free Talk Live, that you might tend to kind of slack off a little sure, bit I on could mail it in. Or, well, yeah. well, you know, yeah. the advertisers would have to advertise on the show. I, sure. you know, just, you know, what so do it I challenges care? you to be better as Indeed. well as a provider. And then give us a call at 855-450-FREE. If you've got a comment on this, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, 855-453. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about immigration here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. And you know, they're not good for you. There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. The Vapor Smith's e-cigarette. A a -a pack-a-day smoker will save... $120 $120 a month on average, and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no no smell, no secondhand smoke. You can use it just about anywhere. And you can get one of the best-made e-cigarettes on the market today for free. All you have to do is go to Vaporsmiths.com, buy 40 cartomizers. Those are the things that contain the nicotine, and they're equal to about a 
a pack of cigarettes, 40 cartomizers for 70 bucks. You can do the math. They're a heck of a lot. It's a, a lot less expensive than smoking. You also get free shipping. It's Vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL, when you purchase 40 cartomizers or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, coupon code FTL. So let's go right into the calls. you got uh, Jesse from Michigan. Jesse, you're on with uh, Stephanie and Mark. How you guys doing tonight? All's well. What's on your mind? Well, what's on my mind is you're taking a pretty uh, narrow view on this immigration thing. Well, why is it narrow? One thing that I've noticed about immigration is people throw the term legal and illegal immigration around pretty willy-nilly. Okay. So you started your conversation talking about legal immigration. Well, I, I was talking. What I was talking about. No, no, wait. I, what I was talking about was immigration that should be legal because the government's making it difficult on entrepreneurs. Right, and actually, there was this one entrepreneur that we talked about in the story who was an immigrant and had started a company, and then all of a sudden, the U.S. government basically created a, a, a illegal immigrant out of him. He was legal before, but, but then they denied his visa renewal, and so he became an illegal immigrant. So that's the clarification. I do, see the, I do see that point. That, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let me also bring this up. You also mentioned the idea of a carpenter. Yes. Now, if you think about carpenters in the United States, we're governed by building codes, building inspection, and other things like that. Mm-hmm. You happen to be an illegal immigrant working for less wages than a standard, say, regular old ordinary carpenter Mm -hmm. who's trying to follow the rules and trying to get along with all the litigation stuff that's out there and all the liability, that illegal doesn't have to abide by those rules, and that is a problem with your discussion. Oh, sure. It makes makes for an unfair um, playground. But remember, um, Jesse, they also have a disadvantage in that they may not be able to leave their employer because their employer can report them to INS or whatever. So they they operate as as, like slaves to some extent. Many of them use false social security numbers and actually do pay taxes. Our example tonight was about a carpenter. Yeah. And we could take that to many, many different skills and different skill sets. And uh, the one comment that was made, well, is if he can do it cheaper, well, he can do it cheaper because he's not governed by the same rules and regulations. Untie both hands from behind both backs and let's compete legitimately on the same playing field. Uh, Je- Jesse, well, wait, Jesse, I I agree with abs- I, I with what you're saying. I, I think that you should be able to compete, you know, straight out with the uh, the illegal immigrant or whatever. I hate the term because I don't think the government should be involved at all, and I hate yeah. the idea of just no calling human people being is illegal. illegal. <laughs> but I think that um, you know you you should be able to compete with them. And you know, as far as I know, I've worked as a carpenter, and I didn't need any license. Um, I mean, I knew some of the rules and what the code was and stuff like that. But that was really the well, bosses. There's, there's uh, insurance. There's like you They're, know liability the, the insurance. Company. You've got to protect the consumer, the person that's buying your services, and and that's the whole idea. Well, now you're talking about like handymen. Rules and regulations. As a carpenter, I worked for a company, and that company had to worry about the rules, not me. I could have done anything I wanted on that site. I didn't have any kind of certification, nor would an illegal immigrant, right? I understand your point, but you also got to that most of us who are working as carpenters or plumbers or electricians 
working for even a company have to be skilled to a certain level before we even get hired. So why do you think the, the company would uh, demand skills from you and then not demand skills from an illegal? Oh, I, I expect that they would demand skills from both. Okay. So how would someone get a job if they didn't have So why have isn't this fair? And... Explain to me why it's not fair then. Well, it's not fair in the sense that most of us United States citizens who are either born here or legally immigrated to the country have followed all the rules. And, and my, main, my main opposition is to illegal immigration. Well, so, Jesse, the there you... are paths of immigration into this country. There always has been. That's what we're known for around the well, world. What if the rules suck, J- Jesse? I mean, is it possible <laughs> that the rules stink? It's possible that the rules stink, but they are the rules. And okay, and there was a time in this country when it was against the law to say, um, you know, be a black person, a black person, right. marry a white person. Was that should we have should should a good person have it's waited still around for that time? In most places, to be a woman and marry another woman. I mean. I mean, there are unjust laws, and I think that un- that just people break unjust laws. Don't you, Jesse? I do believe that. Then, then that's then we should support people that want to break down these silly little lines that governments have drawn in order to protect well, your their labor markets. Silly little lines, and my definition may be slightly different. Jesse, Jesse, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. To to have the freedom to do such a thing. Yeah, that's the that's the great thing about this country is the freedoms that we are allowed. I'd like the freedom to hire whomever I'd li- I want. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, I have a question for you. Um, are you yep. familiar with some of the requirements that are in place to, for instance, get uh, license, many occupational licenses? And I'll give you an example. Um, there was a recent case down in Louisiana where they, they were licensing um, flower arrangers, right? And there were people who made flower arrangements, uh, in order to get a license to do that, uh, they would be shut down if they didn't have the license. And in order to get the license, they had to make a flower arrangement, which was then judged by other flower arrangers who did not want their competition, and they would grant the license to the new person. Now, requirements such as that... Sounds a little uh, ridiculous to me. Right. And that's it, how these things go. And in a lot of places, um, you know, doctors are applying to boards of other doctors for licenses. A lot of times it's the people who are already in the profession who control new licensees. And so, you know, oftentimes licenses end up not really being about safety or ensuring yeah. that the consumer is protected, but instead about paying a board or about, you know, keeping out competition. And so I, I oh, think I agree. I agree totally. But there are situations where licensing is very important. You know, examples include electricians. They should be licensed. They should have some basic understanding of electrical. Things. Well, Jesse, a, a basic amateurs... understanding is different than a license. Though. Have you, you ever see heard what of I mean? UL? United United oh, Laboratories yeah. Underwriter, we're both talking about uh, uh, Underwriters yeah. Laboratory. You know that's not a government um you know stamp that goes on products, yeah, right? They're an independent agency. Can I you imagine that. people are using toasters that have not been licensed by the government and they're not burning down <laughs> houses? Yeah, I, I agree. People should is, be able to license uh, themselves. I would never buy a toaster that wasn't certified by Underwriters for, Laboratory. Carpenters, welders, all different types of skills out there do need to be checked. 
They're not checking. I'll tell you what. They're not checking carpenters in New Hampshire, and they're not checking carpenters in Florida. I have worked as a carpenter, and I did not have a certification at all. I worked for a company, and they had a contractor's license in Florida. And here in New Hampshire, there are no contractor licenses, and houses aren't falling down, Jesse. And, you know, there is actually a friend of the show, Buzz, over at Cowgirl Carpentry. And I think, uh, you know, she has done carpentry work, and I don't, I don't. I don't believe she has any kind of license, but it's her reputation and her previous clients who give her referrals to the future ones and say, yeah, she did a great job. I think we could do fine with private market certifications, and I think the government's um, licenses tend to be too expensive, tend to exclude people that do not need to be excluded, and I think they drive up the cost of things. Yeah, it's time to think outside the box of licenses. I certain amount of that, that that is absolutely true but those are the rules that we play by at least here in michigan i understand and rules jesse <laughs> but do you understand the rules are made against an illegal immigrant then let me compete don't tie i agree with behind my i think you should be, be able to compete completely i think you should be that's that's different that by the way jesse that i mean that's very nice to hear you say that but that's quite different from what he was saying at the beginning of the call which was that you know our views are narrow and Right. Jesse, um, I do appreciate well, your the call. Views are narrow in the sense that taking the textbook example of this country has an open door policy. It does. And I agree. We always have had an open door policy. But Doesn't no, no. Some regulations and rules involved here. Actually, there have been many periods in the past where immigration has been greatly restricted. Let's talk about this. As Jesse, well as thank today. you for the call. 855-450-3733. Got another call on the line. And, and this yeah. is an important yeah, issue. Move on. Do we need rules at all in this area? 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. We've been talking about immigration. Um, it's Mark with you. And Stephanie. But you can call in and talk about whatever you want. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. First, I'd like to welcome the listeners of uh, News Radio 570 WWNC in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. 
thanks for listening and you know keep listening we're on enjoy the discussion that's, that's right the information we're, buffet there for you <laughs> stephanie and i are on every sunday from uh, 7 to 10 and free talk live is available from 7 p.m to 10 p.m eastern time uh, six seven days a week um you know so you know with different iterations different folk different hosts on let's go to robert in nebraska robert you're on free talk live what's on your mind yeah, I just uh, I think uh, I'm an immigration lawyer here in Nebraska, and I oh, oh interesting. We're outclassed. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think people think I have a real radical idea on immigration. Although I think you guys might agree with me that I believe that uh, immigration is just another uh, attempt to to uh, squander your rights as far as your right to travel, and mm. your right to uh, contract. It sounds that way to me. I mean, if you, that's, wow, that's amazing to get the perspective of a, an immigration lawyer because he knows the his, system really well. Yeah. And so, if he's saying this, then I, I it's nice the, to get your perspective. What are some of the most egregious cases, Robert? Because it, we can sit here and talk about the logical end of this that uh, people have the right to travel and people have the right to contract, and it it doesn't well, freedom it, of movement. I mean, it is just generally considered to be one of the most basic human rights. You it, know, it, it, it's it, these things are true, but it doesn't yeah. hit home for folks. What hits home is emotional appeals to emotion. And what are some of the most egregious uh, cases you've had to deal with, Robert? Well, I can't think of any off the top of my mind, but I, I can recall at one point an INS officer, I was talking to him at, at about somebody who was in the deportation process who had children here. The kids are about two or three years old. Of course, the officer says, oh, well, the kid's free to stay here. He's a U.S. citizen. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's a practical setup. Like mom, mom and dad, they have to get kicked out of the country, but the kid's a citizen. Well, know, they, then they'll probably yeah. go into the foster system, you know, and that's just the, I don't think that really benefits the kids at all. You know, no. it's, of course, it doesn't benefit them to be taken away from their family all because some paperwork isn't OK with some INS officer. It's really a shame. Yeah. And you also hear this, you know, they need to get in line. Well, the fact is, that half the time there is no line. Or if there is a line, I'll give you a good example. If you're a U.S. citizen, you can apply for a brother, okay? Now, they divide up according to certain countries because they don't want to, if they, just, if they didn't, they would all come from Mexico. So right. if you're a U.S. citizen applying for your Mexican brother right now, the expected wait time before a visa is going to become available to him is about 123 years. 123 years to years? get your family, your family over from Mexico. That's pleasant. Yeah. Wow. Your brother, you know, if it's your spouse, they'd be immediately, you know. But if you're a permanent resident, it takes three or four years. Sure. What, what the wow. whole really illustrates, once again, is the failure of central planning. Because for the last 80 or 90 years, they've come up with one immigration law after another, you know, trying to address one concern or another. And they've come up with this totally Byzantine uh, employment immigration system that it's just a total nightmare to get through. Right. Mm. It, it starts out. It starts out as a, this idea to handle this one issue, and, and, and actually, with immigration, it started out with uh, Chinese people working on the railroad out west. I believe it was 1886, mm. and um, right. you know, then they just sort of fill fill in the patches here and there. Oh, we don't want the Irish guys competing here. We don't want the, the we don't want the and, Italian guys competing. And this like way. any other government agency, it's always going to tend to grow, and like they'll always, you know, they'll always try to use up their budget so they can get more the next year, and then they play off of people's fears. Also, I think about terrorism and about 
uh, competition for jobs and things like that. They they play off of those fears to create a climate where people are happy to support a giant border bureaucracy when, uh, you know, really it's it's mistaken from the very beginning. Robert, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight, eight fifty. That was a really interesting call. Yeah, really, Robert an immigration called. lawyer that says that yeah. uh, people should be free to move across borders and that the wait time to come from Mexico mm. is 123 years. And that lets you know when you you talk about this get in line crap, you know, wow. the line is 123 years long, according to one immigration lawyer. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, I like that little truism that says it's easier to swim the Rio Grande than it is to climb the mountain, mountain of paperwork, paperwork, right? It's, it's so it's very And uh, that's just for the folks that actually get an opportunity to fill out the paperwork you know it can Mm -hmm. take 123 years that's what the line's like (laughs) now let's talk about people have these concerns about immigration i think that there's some justified concerns i've had them in my life and yeah you at one time mark i think we should fill the listeners in on this because i know this is something that you kind of struggled with right yeah, this is a tough issue. You, you, I mean, it's it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you, 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 when you look at it, first off, the government can't keep people out. As you know, the numbers are as high as twenty million people are here illegally yeah. from countries like Mexico and Central America. That's not a country, but places in Central countries in Central America, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, countries in Southeast Asia, and even who come through Canada, who may be from Canada originally or from other places. Absolutely, I helped out a guy who was working illegally from Brussels, and I. Was was happy to do it. He was a hard worker. I was pleased mm. to do it. Um, actually, another one um, working illegally from Germany. Um, I got him a job and yeah, he got fired the next <laughs> you know, day. He wasn't very good. <laughs> you know, I work in science and in science, there are so many people from outside the U.S. who are very talented scientists and they just basically want to come here and get an experience working in a lab or whatever. Maybe they don't have that opportunity where they came from. And there is like a whole office at my workplace that is just dedicated to helping them with immigration issues. And they still have problems. And, you know, um, I live in a place which is um, less than 100 miles, I guess, from the Canadian border. And so um, the rule is that the Border Patrol can have checkpoints that are less than 100 miles in or something like that. And so I remember a couple of years ago. Um, I was driving in actually to Keene um, at the intersection of two major highways and suddenly the traffic stopped, which is really unusual. And this was in the summer. So I, I thought, OK, either there's a huge accident or there's something of ahead. And then I saw the Border Patrol cars with their lights flashing and they were stopping everybody. And it was an immigration checkpoint. And so they what so they're they, stopping U.S. citizens on their way, going about doing things, stopping productivity in, in New Hampshire, yeah. in the border of New Hampshire and Vermont. And, you know, just just <laughs> pretty far <people>. down, <laughs> hassling people, you know, well, when you get stopped like that, you ask them. That's exactly. the thing. Am I free to go? Am I being detained? I These actually tried that. I actually tried that. And they said, no, you are not being detained. But no, you are not free to go. So what? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what I said. And they were just like, well, as soon as you answer my questions, you'll be free to go. <laughs> They really are very. Do I have um, the right to remain silent? Manipulative, yeah. <laughs> so what happened on, at that checkpoint was that there were drug dogs that came around the car. As far as I understand cause, it, because illegal immigrants have drugs, they right? always have drugs. That's yeah. how you can tell who the illegals are. This is a are. fishing expedition by the government. <laughs> They're looking for people that they can squeeze money out of, whether they have drugs or illegal immigrants or whatever. Well, and you know what they did? They asked me. Um, I cracked the window and they asked me uh, where was I born. And I said, uh, I'm a U.S. citizen. I was born in the U.S. And they said, okay, well, where in the U.S. were you born? And I I said, you know, do you need to know that? And they, they were like, you know, we started the back and forth about am I being detained? Am I free to go? And stuff like that. 
think I actually called Porcupine 411 at the time. But okay. anyway, um, so we started this whole back and forth. And then finally I gave in and I said, okay, well, this is the city I was born in. And they were like, okay, have a nice day. But there's no way for no, them to verify domination. that. It's about domination. They've got a obviously. shiny little badge that some, that some bureaucrat that doesn't work for a living gave them. And they think they're important. And that's what it boils down to. Let's go to Mike in Texas. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah. My, um, I've liked the conversation so far, but, you know, kind of my one question in terms of the debate y'all have had is uh, with the immigration process, you know, a growing population in this country continues to be a larger issue. And I have no doubt that there needs to be reform within the immigration system at the federal and state levels. But if we don't, you know, we have to have something there in place to help watch how, how large our population gets because, once we get to a point where we no longer have the resources to provide for, you know, those individuals in our country, then that increases levels of poverty. Um, well, you know, now, it's you know, it's interesting. I want to address these things. I, think I, this, I do I, too. Mike's, uh, you know, looking at this from a practical standpoint, and I'm I'm all about looking at things from a practical standpoint. So, Mike, please, if you'll hold the line, um, we'll get right to, to this. Eight fifty five four fifty free. If you got something uh, more to add, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Lives Live Sunday Edition. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com Talk Live, 855-453. Call in, talk about whatever you want. We've been talking about immigration most of the evening. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. The holidays are just around the corner. This season, consider the greatest gift that you can give your family and friends. Peace of mind. Destabilizing events are happening around the world. Unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. Get prepared, protect your family, don't delay. For my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. They've got all kinds of delicious ready-made meals over there like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. They're packaged for freshness in individual Mylar pouches and carry a 25-year, 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes by simply adding water. Visit wisefoodstorage.com and uh, use coupon code FTL to get a free sample. And if you decide to buy, no-cost shipping and 10% off any order. How It's easy. A free sample Coupon code FTL, wisefoodstorage.com. Call 855-FOODWISE if you don't have an internet connection. It's 855-FOODWISE, wisefoodstorage.com. Coupon code FTL. So we're talking about immigration, and Mike called in with some uh, very practical questions. Let's go back to Mike. Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. So uh, please restate uh, your concern. 
Yeah, basically, you know, um, I agree with you all that there's obviously, you know, a very downtrodden immigration system in this country and a lot of reform is needed. But um, and and I also agree with freedom of travel, freedom of movement for any individual. Uh, But, you know, in this country, we have over 300 million people and populations have to be uh, monitored closely so that we don't have a situation where folks that come to this country and can't find employment or any, you know, any standard type of uh, living arrangement they want, poverty becomes a, a growing issue as those people can't find employment, can't find a household to live in, et cetera. Well, um, no. you know, and so I just... Let me, let me address some of these concerns. This okay. is going on right now in North Dakota. North Dakota is having a huge jobs boom, and they don't have any housing. But, you know, if you go to North Dakota and there's no work to be had, or you, there's work but no house to be had, some people are actually pitching tents, driving RVs. They're doing all kinds of things in order to, to work up there. Because that sounds like a great business opportunity for somebody to come build some housing. Yeah, get it some kind of surprises me that with the whole housing boom and stuff, it didn't affect. I guess it didn't reach that area or something. Well, it's um, they've they've got uh, it's just happened recently in the last few months, mm. and, and that's where it's uh, it's happening. So, but you know, you'll notice, Mike, that I'm not in North Dakota, and you're not in North Dakota, probably because there aren't houses for us. We just don't go because we can't get the houses to live in. So this is a problem mm. that solves itself to some extent. Now, if you want to be there badly enough, you'll share a room with somebody and uh, get mm. up there and. That that sort of thing, but I mean, you know, if there's if there's no housing, then people have it. I don't think the government should be obligated to give people housing. And no, I think I, that I'm not advocating that point either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying that in terms of in terms of you know how we maintain you know whatever populations we have in Texas, we do see an issue where there isn't adequate housing at that lower income level for individuals that maybe come to this country for the first time, trying to live the American dream, you know, quote unquote, whatever you want to say. Um, but, you know, especially, obviously, Texas, we have, you know, the country looks at us with the illegal immigration problem, which, however you want to, you know. Sure. The, you guys are right on the front lines of the illegal immigration issue. There's no doubt about it. So, Mike, sure. I have a question for you. Um, there are some people who say, who worry and are concerned that the population of the U.S. is not growing enough because there are all these promised entitlements to a bunch of people who are retiring soon, like the baby boom generation. And so, but the, but the people are not having kids at a rate, which is increasing the base of the pyramid, which pays into those things. And so I don't know. I think your point is, is certainly warranted, but at the same time, there are people who worry that the, U.S. population is not growing enough. And, and the, so, the problem is that the government being in charge of this. Now, the government is yes. one that created, um, that created the problem with the housing in, in the first place. It's now, pretty- households have diminished over t- in the last three or four years, yeah. meaning that they have structures, but not people living in them. If you go to Detroit, you go to Memphis, you go to uh, metropolitan areas around the country, you'll find buildings are just standing empty mm-hmm. and it's because the government got involved in housing and you know they they messed that no up and they're involved in immigration they're messing that up i mean imagine for a second if they hadn't have got involved and then all those you know those immigrants would be able to move into those well, houses it, you know There's and, buildings for and them. we see what happens when the government tries to influence or control the size of a population look at china with their one child policy and all the unintended consequences that has created and so i think that there's there's really not much 
we can do except uh, let the market have the flexibility to deal with an influx of people if that's what happens or a shrinking population. Let's not dance around this issue either. If we allow free people to move across borders freely and to contract with others in a free basis, would there be slums that would spring up? Would things that exist, say, around like Mexico City, where people living in, uh, you know, plywood and uh, tin shacks uh, spring up while people, you know, first got their their feet underneath them? Uh, Are you asking me? Poverty has been an issue for throughout history. I think that's inevitable no matter what. It's a natural state. The natural state is you're born with nothing. Yeah. Well, but if people are allowed to come here and work, then they won't be poor. You know what I mean? They won't be as poor. But I think that there's a there's a possibility that you might see some eyesores, uh, some places that you wouldn't want to necessarily see in but, your neighborhood. But wait a minute. Don't, don't those exist today? I mean, I think I, I can think of a lot of places where there are American-born people who live in very squalid conditions. And Pretty that's, gross stuff. That's yeah. unfortunate as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, I don't think it's a problem that's unique what, to immigration. I think mostly you'd see with uh, with, with what I, what we have seen up to this point is, fa- you know, multiple families living in houses in tight quarters. And it can really yeah. upset folks in the neighborhood. And I can understand. But, you know, Gosh, I don't want what pe- about college I, students? I, mean, right. I don't do want people telling time. me how many folks I can have live in my house. Because once yeah. they can start telling you how many people can live in your house, then they can tell you everything else about your house. You know, what color wallpaper you should have, whether you can cha- paint the house chartreuse, well, how many cars some can be places, parked outside they, the garage. They oh, they do, do that. that yeah. Yeah, sure, I lived <laughs> in those They certainly tell you that you have to pay a fee every year to them in order to keep your property, right? Yeah. Mike? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> sorry, I was just... We were just talking about No problem, that. Mike. What can I tell you? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean... You know, it, it all just kind of comes back to, and, and I just want to kind of get y'all's perspective because I'm not really sure I know kind of which direction y'all are leaning, but would you lean more towards the reform side of the entire immigration policy or just completely, you know, lower the bar to let's, you know, the system go the way it's going to go? I mean, how, how, what, where, where do y'all stand on that? So what, I think what do you mean by let the system go where it's going to go? Do you I mean, mean like I mean, the status quo? Obviously, I mean, uh, no, no, not the status quo. I mean, just let's say let's go ahead and go to the extreme and say open the border and just let people come and move as freely as they want to. I will say, I will say open the border. Well, I'll I'll take open the border, no doubt. But I also believe that, uh, you know, generally folks want steps. And I think that a step that I've heard um, offered is give work visas to people who want work visas. Um, You know, if you want to have some kind of criteria that they, you know, have a hundred, you know, that have, they have a thousand dollars to their name or $150 to their name or whatever it is. Fine. If you want them to have, a TB test, fine. But understand that the people that can't meet your criteria are still going to sneak across the border. The people who've been convicted of murder in Mexico are going to sneak across the border. The people who have uh, drug-resistant tuberculosis, they're going to sneak across the border because they want a better life, too. Whatever restriction there is, no matter how minimal it is, the government can't make it work. (laughs) Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Call in with your concerns.
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been talking about immigration and all the intricacies and inherent problems with uh, immigration in this country, legal, illegal, whatever. Um, and you can call in and talk about that or anything else, 855-450-3733. The Free State Project's Liberty Forum is February the 23rd through the 26th. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be part of it. It'll be at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. So far, the speakers include uh, Joel Saladin, author, author of You Can Farm, Clark Neely from the Institute of Justice, Jack Spirico, a survival expert, and Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government. Just go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and uh, sign up with coupon code FTL. Not only will you get the early bird discount, but you'll get the Free Talk Live discount. Coupon code FTL2012. That and the, Mark, you're going to be there, right? I am going to be there. And, and so am so, I. So are you. We're going we're, we're to be there, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum FTL2012. So let's jump right back into the phones here with uh, Denny in Indiana. Denny, you're on Free Talk Live with Stephanie and Mark. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think we're missing the point about this whole uh, issue of immigration and such when we get so hung up on the minutia and the process of coming across and those kinds of things. Uh, Canada, I get up to Canada quite a lot, and Canada is several years ahead of us experientially, and Denny, just just to clarify, when you say us, do you mean the United States? Like who? Yes. Who you mean? Okay. Yes, and um, you know the the Canucks pride themselves on being, you know, the most tolerant and the most politically correct to to the place where they really don't have freedom of speech there anymore. Right. Well, they threw me in jail for trying to cross their border. Well, yeah. So now, when you listen to Canadian talk show, what they're getting concerned about is is that when you ask Canadians what their nationality is, they say, well, I'm Swedish, or I'm Iranian, or I'm Mexican. They're not Can they're not Canadian. Uh-huh. So uh even even Germany has experienced this same kind of thing. So I think what we want is newcomers to be to be American. Why? And, well, I'm I'm because we've got the system that works the best on earth and and we want the system to expand across the earth. I so think. are you afraid that if people identify themselves as Swedish or whatever, that they'll want to institute the system from which they come? That the simple fact that they don't call themselves Americans or Canadians, whatever the case may be, um, well, that no, they no, no, no. no. It, it's 
you're American first. Uh, I'm past 60, and I have one set of grandparents from Finland and the other from Germany. And the original immigrants never really learned English, but they insisted that the kids learned them. So my parents and my siblings are all practically English majors, and we are Americans first, and we've also hung on to our Finnish and German I think a lot of people have the same experience. There's no doubt, Denny. But my question really is, is what's the benefit? To me, these nation state things that we call them and, you know, the, the, the little pieces of fabrics they, they call flags. I don't know. I mean, they seem like real, really throwbacks to when kings mm-hmm. killed each other. You know, I, and I was going to say, Mark, um, when I think of myself and my identity, um, the word American or the word any of the any other country uh, or political designation just doesn't come to mind. Like, I think of those I'm a things. Person. I, I, mean, I think I mean, of those things, but I wonder what the value is. Well, you, I'm just pointing out that this is what Canada and Germany have already experienced. Uh, my second point is that I, I think I have a different perspective as to the immig- immigrants that come here illegally are probably, if you apply the 80-20 rule, uh, 80% of them are are very hardworking and very um, ethical and very, you know, they want to improve their life and that kind of thing. I have Probably. no problem with them. Yep. Now, what, what in effect we are doing is if they've got enough ambition to jump the fence and come over here and dodge all the issues and all of that, um, we're really stealing their best people, which, in effect, they they should they should really be trying to trying to improve their own country, and they should they should be the leaders there instead of the followers here. Well, we can't you know, get our government to act in an efficient fashion. How in the world could uh, the advocation that the Mexican government act efficiently or well, justly ever you know, work? You know what? We'd have to, we got to study clear back before 1776 to figure that one out, and it isn't hard to figure out. You got to fight for it. And the, are you talking uh, about some kind of a revolution? No, no. It it's now people if they're dissatisfied with the political structure in their own country. I mean, all across the world, look at the revolutions we're seeing. Yeah, and, and it really does is, speak to how difficult it is to enact change in a governmental system. You well, actually have to pick up a gun and start shooting people in the head in order to see real change to governmental systems because ensconced bureaucrats are well, they hold on to the little bit of power that they have so dearly and they will use whatever method that they can in order to hold on to that power that that's what it takes and i mean what a terrible terrible type of organization to have running anything that you actually have to kill them to get them out of your to to make them change well to to clarify that i believe it was ben franklin who said that periodically um you know to keep our free society it has to be cleansed with the blood of both the tyrant 
and the Patriot. Yeah, yeah the, the, I the don't really accept that liberty. at all. <laughs> and, but I wonder about the, the, the Tree of Liberty. That's probably because it's the Tree of Liberty is, uh, you know, boxed in by the hedgerows of government. And can we really, you know, I shouldn't say government, but monolithic top-down government. In that time, it was uh, kings who would claim power over you. And, and I would say that we haven't moved that much from uh, kingdoms. Um, you can now vote in your rulers, but they still believe that they're your rulers and they'll still enact whatever rules they have. And I think that free people can solve these problems without bloodshed. And oh, we yes. don't need these folks um, that they yeah. that they well, don't really produce anything. But but who's to say that that's why we're having bloodshed overseas is that the best people have come here instead of staying there and peaceably uh, moving towards changing their own governments and their own way of life. And well, the evidence freedom. is that, um, that yes. in fact, the United States government is kicking out the uh, the good people, um, you know, engineers and entrepreneurs, and they're kicking them out because they don't meet their little paperwork requirements. That right now that this country is so wrapped up in its own jingoism that it doesn't even want to let new immigrants in. Yeah. Well, the the, the point I think we're we're missing is that if everyone wants to come over here, there's a reason they want to be here, and that's yeah. because of freedom and the pursuit of happiness. Well, I think it's well, about money. I can, I can agree <laughs> with that because, actually, recently we just read this article on Free Talk Live on the Sunday Show, Mark, where immigrants were leaving California because it's getting so much less free. And you know, the, the jobs are disappearing. Immigrants are leaving in California about it was about jobs. Now you mm-hmm. can you can take those jobs and knock it down to freedom. There's no doubt about it. But really, what people want, they don't want freedom. P- people mostly want uh, you know success and entrepreneurial um, opportunities. Mostly that comes with freedom. But people are moving because of jobs. And if the job, you know, if the jobs and the money dry up because too many people have moved. Folks will stop moving, I think, is what it amounts to. Tim, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. The Ruger Lightweight Compact Revolver is loaded with the latest technological advances and features required by today's most demanding shooters. Models include the original LCR and 38 Special Plus P, the powerful LCR 357 Magnum, and the LCR with excess sights. All models feature a monolithic frame, patent-pending friction-reducing cam, high-strength stainless steel cylinder, and polymer fire control housing. The LCR, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LCR at Ruger.com slash LCR. We talk live, 855-453. It's 855-450-3733. I think the wrong person dropped the wrong person off the line and did a Terrible talk-showing job uh, last segment, so I wanted to apologize to, to Denny for uh, calling him the wrong name, but we uh, d- do have to take other callers, so uh, well, the music can, was playing. Can we say one more thing about Denny's call, though? Um, I I was really struck by the language that he was using, and he seemed like a really nice guy, but oh, yeah. just the language was like there was so much collectivism. There was a lot of like referring to us and we and them, and I wasn't always very clear. And I think so many people do that. Like they, they think of themselves as part of an entire country or nation or whatever. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not always 
very helpful to have allegiance to an arbitrary landmass or an idea or a government just because you were born about there. Because I like the idea of the nation, uh, the United States of America. I like the flags and the, the eagles and the music and all that stuff that goes with it. But it seems to me it's been completely co-opted by this group of people known as uh, you know unaccountable bureaucrats and uh, elected politicians. And sup- politicians essentially are synonymous with liars and thieves. I mean, that's what people think of them as. Congress yeah, those is are the public opinion polls, yeah, yeah congress is less so, than 10%. so why would you want to be in that we with well i don't know i mean like i like the, i like the I, I like the idea of being part of the united states of america but i don't like the idea that the the politicians control it but they really control the country it's this really difficult sort of maze to un this 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 gooey mess to unwind oneself from i think this, you can really stress yourself out and really really worry yourself when you concern yourself so much with things that are really like beyond your control like sure. large What's national going on issues San Diego when I live in New Hampshire. I mean, how, how in the world? Or what I... the federal government does or what the yeah. government of another country does. I mean, that's so outside of your Especially sphere governments. of influence <laughs> that I mean, that's that's pretty much why I prefer to like focus on more personal issues. 855-450-3733. Call in with your opinions on immigration or whatever you want. Let's go to Tim in California. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. What's on your mind? Yeah, Um I wanted to uh, talk about the University of California, Davis. University of and, California, Davis campus, uh-huh, UC Davis? Yeah, um, the uh, protest there. and um, You mean the Occupy protest? Is this the Occupy movement? No, the uh, students uh, that uh, tested uh, the other day, not the occupation where they uh, sprayed the um, pepper spray on them. Yeah, yeah. when the, the officer walked along and uh, just sprayed people who were just sitting there. And now it's become a meme, an internet internet meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not funny. Um, I, I really think that we're getting uh, to where we don't do our thinking. We just follow the book, more or less. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I think if they could have uh, ticketed them and told them they had three hours to leave, Made the ticket three hundred dollars and come back and ticket them again three hundred dollars and then had the chancellor uh, uh, not uh, refuse to give them their their sheepskin for until they paid their fines up. Uh, he would have gotten them moved just as quickly as he did, as they did. And um, I really think Ike was right. We have this mentality of this military. That uh, seems to be uh, prevalent in everything that we do. Yeah, Tim, I I agree with you that the violence in that situation was pretty egregious and is really not warranted. Um, Although I might take it one step further. And I agree that people are just kind of, oh, just following orders, right? That's the mentality. That's what you hear from a lot of police. I'm just doing my job. I'm just following orders. So they are kind of absolved of responsibility for their actions. And that's unfortunate. Although I, I would even say, you know, why should those um, students have been ticketed? I, as far as I know, they were just kind of sitting there protesting. They weren't hurting anyone. Was it on anyone. the college campus? I don't even know where. Yeah, they, it was where on the college were. campus. Well, if they uh, were ordered to leave, um, my point was, if the order was placed, why do we have to use force? Why couldn't we use 
other means. Yeah, it sounds yeah. to me like Absolutely. I like your system better, but at the same time, you know, when students pay to be at a university, I mean, students protest. That's kind of part of their they're expanding their their minds, and I think that universities should have uh, some understanding for people protesting. Um, I kind of question time. why they were asked to leave. Now, I'm not totally familiar with the situation. I may be a little bit ignorant here, but I mean, again, if they are just basically gathering in a public place, they're not endangering anyone, they're not hurting anyone. I don't know if it's a legitimate request to even ask them to leave. And of course, it's not even a, a request. It's a demand. Well, I think anytime you block access in a public university. Oh, they were doing that? They were blocking access? Yes. Oh, okay. I did not know that. By, uh, yeah, uh, I think that the withholding that's a, their... That's a legitimate gripe if they're blocking a place, yeah. Right. Thanks, yeah, thanks for the call, Tim. Yeah, okay. Appreciate it. I think there's some good ideas there. Eight fifty-five. Yeah, I like the nonviolence for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it. It doesn't look good. That guy, really, the 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 officer with the mustache that was walking around just casually spraying people with pepper spray right in the eyes. Yeah. Um. You know, he. I heard that was like crowd grade pepper spray too. Yeah, they, that they you're supposed riot. to be yeah. dispersed from like 15 feet away, but he literally sprayed it into people's faces because he wants to punish them for not doing what they said what, what, he, what he said that's exactly they it. didn't do yeah. what he said and they you know i mean this is what it comes down to with with cops is you know they they off <laughs> they feel really threatened imagine doing that job when somebody doesn't do what you say there what you say it's it's got to be scary because that's all you've got is you give orders and then you use violence to get the uh, to, to enact those orders and if, i think uh Fear is something that they often use as a justification for what they do, um, and that may be the case for sure. It's it's hard to tell. You can't really make a general statement about this, really, but I think often, too, they the police are really not viewing protesters or just people as human beings. They're, They're viewing it as the enemy. Yes, exactly. There's this enemy imagery that they have, and it's just like... Well, they're not the same as me. They're not really a human being. So I can do anything I want to them. They're basically like an animal. The um, the what the 2008 uh, Democratic Convention, I think it was in Denver, The there was uh, the police union there uh, made yes. some T-shirts that yes. said, uh, getting up early to beat the crowds. And it had the picture of a cop with a, you know, billy club in order, you know, the suggestion is, is that they're going to beat the crowds. Yeah, as if it's a joke to make fun of you know, casually attacking people, beating people. There was a protest in Miami where the uh, the police were caught on video laughing at the um, shooting people with rubber bullets, specifically an instance where a lawyer, a lady who, um, you know, happened to be, you know, in the crowd, a lawyer um, got shot in the forehead with a rubber bullet and they yucked it up over it. Oh, gosh. Now, I'm not Ouch. saying every cop would yes. do this, but what it seems like is that there's this mentality in or police organizations that it's kind of we're the team we're the good guy team and you do what we say and you can be you can be you know our underlings but if you do don't do what we say we're going to crack down on you and it's going to be funny cuz we can get away with it we can yeah. do whatever we want and it's a not very, whatever they want but darn close it's a very in group out group mentality right like yep. it's us the brothers in blue versus them which is everybody else and, you know, we have to win, right? We have to be the dominant force. And that can be really pernicious. Yeah, it's it, it, it's the way that uh, gets people killed. I mean, that's what that's what one does in war. Exactly. Um, right. Uh, we, we, the good we heard guys about, and the bad guys. Yeah, we heard about this TED talk a while back. I don't know if you remember, Mark, but it was about how empathy is basically the key to ending war because people see each other as like 
in groups, out groups, us versus them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's why I brought up the point about the, the caller who was using us and them a lot. You know, when we think in those terms, it's really easy uh, for an entire huge group of people to be kind of pitted against another group based on something really arbitrary like where they were born. So I see a little bit of uh, danger in those ideas. There's an interesting, um, you know, most Americans think about, you know, the war on terror, that all this stuff started on in September 11, 2001. And this is this is speaking to what you're talking about in groups and out groups. Yep. Um, you know, Americans will often care when you hear about a plane crash around the world, they'll say how many, you know, they'll you say 57 <laughs> people died and two Americans. Two Americans. Yep. Well, it's the two Americans that you hear. Most folks yeah. don't know that in 1987, I think it was 87, um, the United States government shot down an Iranian passenger plane with a bunch of innocent people aboard. Yikes. Now, uh, they do know that on September 11th, 2001, 17 terrorists or whatever the number is, uh, you know, hijacked five, four planes in the United States, uh, crashing two into the World Trade Centers, one into the Pentagon and one, uh, you know, by the, the, the stroke of some some real heroes, no doubt, uh, crashed into a field in Pennsylvania. The so you know they know what happened to them what what evil had befallen them they do not know what evil was done in their name to people in the Middle East yeah. so they aren't worthy of you know the, even the knowledge that the United States government did something bad and evil to them but oh my God what they did to us it it, it, it constitutes everything that's been uh, okay so this is yeah. how the in group out group mentality we're, we're can really, all can be dangerous. human beings here no matter where we were born what color we are or anything like that it's important to remember that's right that's what it boils down to 855 450 free free talk live call in with what you want to talk about 855 Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, we've been talking about immigration here on the show. We were reading an article from uh, CNN that was suggesting that if you wanted to have entrepreneurs and uh, you know engineers and really bright folks to grow the, the wealth of the United States, that... Um, you know that you should loosen the immigration policy, and I think that this is—it's uh, really an opportunity mm. for the the folks in the landmass calling itself the United States to increase their wealth when things aren't going so well with our economy. Is you know loosen up mm-hmm. the uh, restrictions, and you will see people that have to eat, drive cars, and you know live in houses, and you know all these things. They will create wealth. They'll start new businesses. These people can really be a benefit to us. But well, how about the restrictions on opening a business in the first place, though? There yeah, are a huge. lot of barriers to entry that exist now. I can't even imagine being a, an immigrant and immigrating legally and 
hiring the lawyer and jumping through all the hoops and then finding out that if you want to start the business you were thinking to start, there are even another set of hoops that you have to jump through after that. But yet people still do it. And disproportionately high numbers of immigrants um, start startup companies and become Fortune 500 businesses. It's really amazing. You know, um, and, you know, I think that these uh, the, the immigration is a really great issue. But there's another thing I wanted to get to, and that is kind of a lighter story, but it speaks to regulation and a stifling effect and um, the inefficiencies of government bureaucracy and the efficiencies of uh, the marketplace. Is this a whale of a story? <laughs> well, whales are mammals, and this is about a fish. <laughs> um, a fisherman they ripped was... someone off to the tune of $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Good job. I was just fishing for compliments. I know, it's, it's kind of smelly. Got to cast the net right. wide. <laughs> this, this, this pun's getting a little, <laughs> beginning to smell. Stink. Must have been, been around for three days or so. A Massachusetts fisherman pulled an 881-pound tuna this week, um, and he did it. That's huge. He did it by he was dropping his net. He had a, a mm-hmm. bottom trolling net, and I guess he wait was, a minute, there are tuna in Massachusetts. Out a bullet, not in Massachusetts. You see, Massachusetts well off the coast mass. of Massachusetts. <laughs> I didn't think they were that far north. Maybe I just don't know about this, but I thought they were like I wouldn't speak to it. But they're predators in and Japan I think and they're stuff. Everywhere. Yeah, they're, okay. Japanese certainly love their tuna, but there's tuna <laughs> in the uh, Atlantic Ocean too, mm. and. He had these bottom nets and mm-hmm. essentially dropped the net on the tuna, caught it up in there, <laughs> oh, wow. um, went back, got the net. The tuna, I believe, was he dead. He should be hitting the casinos. He shouldn't be fishing. <laughs> He's very lucky. Well, you know, you drop a net enough times, sooner or later you're going to land on something valuable. And by <laughs> right. valuable, I mean tunas have sold for half a million dollars. Uh-huh. On the marketplace. Mm. And this was a big boy. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a boy <laughs> or not. Uh, this was a large fish. Right. I do not want to disparage female tunas out there. <laughs> was it, is a male tuna a tuno? We could call it that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, in this situation, he, he wants to do things by the book, tells the feds. The feds come, take the fish. Now, uh, wait, so there's a regulation that says if you catch a tuna, you have to report it to the government? Well, he didn't have the license to fish for tuna. The only way that he could fish for tuna was with a line and a hook. And he happened to catch a tuna by accident with this type of net he had. He wasn't using it in an improper fashion. He just happened to hit a tuna. <laughs> well, he dropped a t- the net down. And it's um, and this is as I understand it. And, you know, if, if there's more to the story that I don't know, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Um, but the government then confiscates the tuna, you know, screws around as the government does. This is a half a million dollar fish that's dead. There's no bringing it back, okay? There's no, no, Greenpeace is not out there giving mouth to mouth to the tuna. It's dead. And no amount of bureaucracy or, um, you know, whatever is going to change that this tuna died. And And it needs to be cleaned and harvested, right? People want to consume this tuna. There is a market for this tuna. Yeah, and it's time sensitive. Could have paid off his boat. I mean, with this, with the amount of this tuna, I don't know that he would have gotten wholesale for that. I don't know. I don't know what he could have. But he certainly life would have been a little bit easier Mm -hmm. for this guy. Mm -hmm. And the government comes and then screws around with it to the point that it deteriorates, and it's only that sold sold for just over five thousand dollars. So this the marketplace shows itself to be a hundred times as efficient as the government in this circumstance, but. They don't care just so long as the uh, rules are followed. They don't care well, if this tuna... you got to pay the bureaucrat to get, get the license and... Yeah. 
We can't be catching no tuners without our licenses. <laughs> I mean, it's just so bizarre. We're going to leave that fish outside their offices while we take our weekend vacation. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it's it's just insane. And so the, the wow, fish is I guess, wasted. So what does the fisherman learn from that? I guess next time it's better to go with the black market. Or just right. you know, shut up and ask, sell the tuna. Ask for, ask forgiveness, not permission. Right. Right. Wait for one of the tuna guys to come along, yeah. split it with him. Yeah, poor guy. You know, hey, call your buddy, the tuna fisherman, and say, hey, mm-hmm. I got a tuna. Mm-hmm. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> a big one. So this is, a, you know, I don't know if it's a record, but eight hundred and eighty-one pounds sounds like a record to me. If it's not, it's still a darn it's impressive fish, and it's just wasted. Nobody gets to benefit. That is so unfortunate. The flesh of tuna is still being consumed here in America. I mean, they haven't stopped tuna from being saved. This was just an accidental catching of a tuna, and and it was destroyed. Let's go to Alex in Tennessee. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live with Stephanie and Mark. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to talk to you guys about how, um, since I've been listening to, to the show for, well, I started listening a few years ago, and you went off of the local station that I'm starting to see online. But basically how this one issue, the, the whole immigration thing, how you guys have kind of changed my, my view on it. This happens uh, a lot to people as they listen guess, to the show consistently. They'll they'll come to the, the they get they get the ideas that we're talking about and then can apply them in different ways. And oftentimes the people that are most shocked are the ones that have just heard what we have to say. Yeah. Um but um, I guess for uh, the longest time, I guess I kept the, you know, the standard, you know, conservative kind of view on, well, you know, they're going to take our jobs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, because of the ideas that I've been exposed to, it's caused me to kind of take a step back and look at my community and the immigrants in my community and the, you know, and realize what good, decent, hardworking people they are and that they just want to have the same thing everybody else wants and that it's immoral to deny them that. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, unjust, this is what yeah. in that circumstance, what would you do for your family is what people should be asking themselves. I mean, I know I know that it can be annoying, um, you know, to have have you know, folks that may be taking jobs that you would or, you know, causing your job to be paid less or whatever that might be. Yeah. But, you know, they're just people trying to feed their families and there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I would say also in this issue, I would, you know, people bring up the issue of race. And I would say for a long time, maybe I had a tinge of racism in it and and in and, mm. and, and forming my views before. But that is. You know, it's something I had to kind of wrestle with for a while. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, well Alex, thanks thanks for admitting that. Yeah, I mean, th- it's it's very brave of you to reveal that, and maybe someone else will hear it, and they'll be able to relate to your experience. Because yeah. I know that, yeah. you know, a lot of people who grow up in this culture, they kind of absorb things like racism that's present, like these ideas uh, that other people who are not like you, you know, you shouldn't hang out with them or you shouldn't associate with them or they're lesser or they fit a certain stereotype. Those ideas are all around in culture and it's easy to absorb them if you don't think about them and question them. And so Mm -hmm. it's, that's probably what happened to you. And that's, that's really cool to hear that, um, that that has changed. So what do you, uh, what do you think did it, Alex? 
What do I think did it? Yeah. Um, what what part of the issue? Just, I think just saying the basic decency of people more often than not. There you go. Is that they're not they're not different from me in yes. a lot of ways. You know, yep. I mean, there's cultural differences, but um, I can come to I can actually come to appreciate some of those things because they're, they're, they're wonderful to hear. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Alex. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Stephanie. If you're unable to own a firearm due to local laws or other reasons... An air gun might be a great substitute. There are plenty of other reasons you might want to own an air gun, too. Training a child and firearms use. My first uh, rifle was an, an air rifle. Varmint control. Maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months. I recently got a 50 caliber air rifle that could bring down a deer from Pyramid Air. They're the world's largest online gun retailer in business since 1993 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did it with me. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11. Please go now and view the amazing Dragon Claw. That's what I got the uh, at airgun.freetalklive.com. Just because it's such an amazing air rifle. But you, you peruse the site. See all the other amazing air rifles they have there. And air handguns and all kinds of things. Accessories. All of it. Airgun.freetalklive.com. Again, it's airgun.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, you have an email uh, oh, that's yes, been sent I do. to you that is rather compelling, and I would love to hear it. All right. Compelling is a great way to describe it. And I think this person um, brings up some great points that will lead us into a cool discussion. So the subject is magical thinking. <laughs> so the body says libertarianism is simply magical thinking. Libertarianism is magical thinking. Okay. So yeah. what is the, the flaw? I mean, if you, if you want logic? someone to... Listen to what you have to say with an open mind. Yeah, uh, you maybe don't start out that, with a jab. Yeah, that's not maybe the, not the best way to start out. Just I already just have to my give teeth this. bared. And I mean, this person must have been listening to the show because somehow he got my email address. Sure. So why I, he would send it to you and no one else? Well, it's very interesting to me. Maybe he thinks you're the most reasonable. You're the one that he could probably could convert. Well, I you know I've been described as a bleeding heart libertarian before, or a libertarian. I would hope that somebody would you know. uh, describe me as a, a bleeding heart because that says that somebody has emotions. Um, oh yeah, you know, I think that that's very important. Um, but I, you know, I, I hope that you know I hope that I'm portraying those emotions all the time. I, I hope that I'm looking at situations with compassion and mercy. Yeah, yeah, we we all have that in us. I think, and this person describes they sign the email at the end. Uh, with their name, which I won't read, and then it says Democratic Socialist proudly. So, 
So hey. it sounds like it sounds like they've got a label for themselves already, and that um, you know once you're once you're sort of uh, cemented in your idea to the point that you you have a label, it's very difficult to change. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, you know it, it well, happens. Hon- hopefully, honestly, I'm able to. Hopefully, I'm able to listen to reason mm-hmm. and change my ideas if my ideas are wrong. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that the thing about this email is that like we probably are going to agree on so much of the stuff, especially like the ends that we want, such as how, you know, how do people, how do poor people get medical care? You know, how, how do we make sure in society that there is this kind of social safety net and that people have the security of being taken care of? Those are things that I care about very much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I care about um, equal treatment for all different kinds of people in society. Um, Probably the thing that we may disagree on is the means to get there. But, you know, many of the famous um, libertarian writers and famous people who identified themselves as people who loved, loved liberty way back in the day also sympathized with um, socialism very much. You know, it, it's um, I've heard them describe it as uh, uh, socialist ends libertarian means or something like that. So let me let me read the email. Libertarianism is simply magical thinking. The entire basis of your belief is that all people are good and will play fairly if all regulation is scrapped. Nope, that's uh, okay. So the so the basis of what he's saying is not true. I do not believe that all people are good. I believe that people tend to be good and bad in certain circumstances. I believe mostly they react to incentives, but I believe that people are both good and bad. And I would counter I with, with this you, statement. Um, to, uh, what are we going to call this? Uh, does, uh, I, I don't want to use. I don't want to use his name, his whole name, or anything. Can, can I use a first name? Uh, Mark. Sure, okay. Mark. His name is Mark. Oh, so swell. that might get confusing. So <laughs> why don't we call him like Harry or something? Okay, Harry. <laughs> In order to make this a little easier, we'll, we'll call it Harry. Um, so you know, I think that people are both good and bad. Each individual is, you know, does good and bad things. That they're not. People aren't just good. But if people were good. You wouldn't need a top-down hierarchical government in order to tell them what to do. They would be good. I was if hoping you'd you say this, Mark. If people yeah. were bad, then why in the world would you have a top-down hierarchical government? Because the worst of those people would get into those positions. Mm-hmm. It, and, and by the way, there'd be no stopping it. So, I mean, there are no good people to fill the government. Mm-hmm. And if people are good and bad, if mm-hmm. some people are good and some people are bad, wouldn't the worst people be uh, the most inefficient people be attracted to, say, government bureaucracy, mm-hmm. where they could sit around and do nothing and still get paid. Or, or the people less. who are kind and, of in the middle be attracted to government and then become corrupted because power corrupts. certainly happens. And yeah. people that um, are, in fact, sadists and evil would be attracted to positions of power where they could use violence on others. And those yeah. that uh, are, are sociopaths that wish to control others would be attracted to the political positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't government really have the kind of positions that, the, that would attract the most evil individuals? I'm not saying that everybody in the government is evil. I don't think that for a second. Um, I, I, you know... <laughs> I don't think that, uh, you know, that that's the case, but mm-hmm. I do think that it, the system that the sort of top down hierarchical government that we have, and I'm not saying that the world can do without people being governed in their actions, but I am saying that the, this, this, this government type that we have now that's been passed down from generation to generation throughout the eons where from master to servant from lord to serf and now from government agency to citizen yep that's i mean that they're they're very very similar and they haven't mm-hmm. changed that much over these the course of millennia 
Yeah. And so maybe it's time to step outside of that paradigm or that box and re-examine it, you know, with a critical eye. Um, So he says the entire basis of your belief is that all people are good and will play fairly. So he's going to list a bunch of concerns here and will play fairly if all regulation is scrapped. Nope. That somehow charity will care for all the needy if taxes are abolished. Now, I wonder about that for a second. Um, You know, when it comes to charity caring for the needy. Now, I know that the insurance, the insurance board or something like that, some insurance board claims that 25 percent of insurance claims are fraudulent. And this is in a system Hmm. where people know that insurance companies will check up on you. Yep. The government will rarely check up on you when it comes to sort of, uh, you know, these these low end uh, welfare, oh, welfare fraud. Yeah, it's, yeah. They just don't check up on it. Yeah. So my guess is, and this is just a guess, that welfare fraud is higher than insurance fraud. Mm. So if the, if half of the welfare, just, just double the insurance fraud number. OK. If half the welfare recipients are fraudulent, then that means they're taking money from the other half who might be able to get on their feet with some more money, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I don't, I don't know for certain, but I do think that when you pass out money and then tell folks, look, we're going to give you $1,600 a month. I don't know what they get. I have no idea. Um, Paying if people just, for being poor, yeah, essentially. But if you try to go out and get a part-time job and you get it paid 800 bucks, we're going to cut you back 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like you're just making it so that they can't get out of the system. Yes. I think that that's yes. <laughs> that the way it's administered just traps people into a cycle of poverty. Yeah. Well, I, I pretty a, much a agree. A cycle of serfdom to the government. And there are some people who genuinely need help, and I'd like to talk about that in the yeah, next segment. Absolutely. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. Give us a call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been uh, reading an email here from a, a Democratic socialist. A fellow named Harry who's uh, identified <laughs> himself as a socialist. Right. And um, But please, if you like Free Talk Live, you like the ideas of liberty, uh, check out shop.freetalklive.com. This is the holiday season. You're probably going to do some shopping online. And... We have a situation with Amazon where they, you know, if they if people go through our link, we get a little a little cut of it. You get the same great Amazon prices, the same great service, the same great products, all from Amazon, but we get a little cut. It's shop.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, if you please continue. Okay, so <laughs> we didn't get very far into this email, but uh Harry says that he thinks the basis of libertarianism is that all people are good and will pay play fairly if regulation is scrapped and somehow charity will care for the needy if taxes are abolished. Now, I'd like to say something about that, um, okay. which is one that Americans are among the most generous people ever. I mean, they give hundreds of, you know, millions of dollars to charity every year and there are just multiple charities Everywhere, in I every different region. I want to get more region. wealthy so I can give away more money. Oh, yeah. I like it. Me it too, makes but me you know, good. I'm not very wealthy, but I give away my time and my money to different charities because it gives me joy. They you really know? can't have my time. My time is so, so valuable, <laughs> but I do give my money because I, you know, I believe in some of the things these folks are doing. Well, one of my 
projects, actually, one of my activism projects that gives me a lot of meaning and a lot of fun and um, get to meet some great people is an example of mutual aid, which is basically people getting together and helping each other out. And I think mutual aid is a lot more common than most people think. You know, if there's a Lions Club in your town, if there's a co-op of any kind, a um, a credit union even is an example of mutual aid. Really? Families are examples of mutual aid that help each other out. Any kind of daycare co-op, homeschooling co-op, um, you know, people even just carpooling is an example of mutual aid. So people can get together within neighborhoods, communities, or even groups of friends or families and find solutions to these problems that like, you know, maybe buying something in bulk is more efficient or maybe uh, doing a carpool is more efficient than just driving yourself. Um, so people have been doing this for a long time and they, they will continue to do so. And I think this is a lot of the way that people get taken care of in uh, even in today's society, because not everybody gets government welfare. I mean, I, I know it seems like a lot of people get it, but even needy people sometimes, you know, Can, don't, oh yeah, absolutely. don't get it. And yeah, we had a, uh, a Meg who was uh, on the show for a while, and um, yes. she mm-hmm. she was talking about she was hungry. She went to the welfare office to get some food stamps or some food, some something. Help mm-hmm. me out. And they wouldn't give it. They to wouldn't her, give right? it to her. They you know she needed to jump through all these hoops or whatever. I need yeah. to eat today. Yeah. Yeah. So and she she said that was a wake up moment for her because I she lost my thought, job. I lost my job. I refused. I, I you know I looked at getting um, unemployment. Yep. It just seemed too complicated to me, so I never did it. Yeah. And I'm not saying unemployment is welfare. It's not. Um, no. But at the same time, I just wasn't willing to deal with the government. It was just too complicated for me. Mm, and they probably want a lot of personal information too, right? I don't know. I mean, and, I don't. I don't you know, know what the, they want. The other thing about government welfare is that often it comes with strings attached. You know, and uh, there are some places now that like drug test welfare recipients, or sure. you have to let a social worker come into your home and see if you are feeding your children uh, the correct things. Like I, I know people who have done this. You know that that check up on people who get food stamps or welfare and make sure that they are feeding their kids certain things. So. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's not like free money either. You know. Also, I don't think the um, I I don't think that the market will regulate the it. You know that what was the part about regulation there? Uh, it says libertarians believe that people will play fairly if all regulation is scrapped. Right. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe in regulation because I believe that it uh, it, it stifles people in a way that is unnecessary. How government regulation, government regulation. Mm-hmm. However, I believe in certifications, um, you oh, know, yeah. the private, private uh, market certifications. And I believe if you do something or makes, uh, you know, if you act in a negligent fashion and perhaps you make a, a heater that will, burst into flames because it's so poorly made mm-hmm. well you should be responsible for making the person whole that purchased that if they were under the impression that they were yes. getting a you know a, a heater that was as good as other heaters they should be compensated for that right but, now you that's know, not often, regulation that's a tort it's yeah. a different they, they have that's a an claim. actual uh violation of someone's rights right you know right. The, someone has actually been i don't hurt. think you should be arrested for making a toy with lead in it i think you should have to make whole the family whose child ate the toy with lead in it if no if nobody eats the thing that was painted with lead then what's the big deal it mm-hmm. happened it didn't you, you, you dodged a bullet I don't think you should make anything with, you know, lead paint has all its intrinsic problems, but I just walked through a, a shaker village where all the buildings were painted with lead paint. You know, hey, kids, don't eat the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, it's kind of a misnomer to say uh, that 
libertarians think all regulations should be gotten rid of. No, we don't. I mean, we think that the marketplace uh, and and these alternative mechanisms to top-down government regulation can regulate people's behavior in a, a way better way than the government, a way more, more effective way. Yeah. Effective and moral. And I think that that's really what it all boils down to mm-hmm. is I don't think it's moral to just go and pass a one-size-fits-all rule, especially if that rule is made by the lobbyists that were paid for big by big corporations. Mm, and uh, Isn't that usually what happens? They'll pass a law that says always you must use a quality, uh, you know, a light bulb that is made of this specific uh, metal and ha- yep. has this specific size. And we what do you it. know? There's only one company that makes that, and that company lobbied the government to get that rule passed, and it adds $10 to the cost of every toy. Now, how is that helping anyone and, i mean and this uh, this is the conundrum of the the social democrat i believe is what he identified himself as democratic socialist democratic socialist mm-hmm. this is their conundrum the idea that you can ever separate money from power i'm only saying drive a stake through the heart of power power should one should not have power over another mm-hmm. everybody should be able to make their own decisions and live freely However, what the democratic socialists want to do is they want to harness the power. They want to wrest it from the the heart, the the hands of of the the rich. And you're never going to get it from the hands of the rich because, mm. well, that just not. <laughs> you know, so many people who are in positions of power in today's society, who are you know very wealthy and have a lot of influence, got there and and are keeping that privilege. Because of the government, because the government gives them monopoly protection, the government passes laws that raise the barriers of entry for their competition. And so and the government, you know, has this banking system that enables them to rich enrich themselves and their enemies. And so a lot of privilege is the result of government. And I think if we actually had a free market where people were interacting voluntarily, so much of this state afforded or state guaranteed privilege would disappear. And I really think there would be a, a lot greater equality of wealth and of power in society under I, a free market. I would agree. Could you? Yeah. Sure. Um, so he says that libertarians also think that no one will take advantage of a post-regulatory world and abuse the trust of the consumer. I think we kind of covered that, right? Yeah. Ain't going to happen. Regulation was born of the inherent greed of some business people who will lie and deceive to sell more product, putting the health and life of the customer in danger. That may very well be true. There's certainly business people that will do such a thing. Now, I don't don't know about you, but I value having a long-term customer, and they can't really come back to my store if they're dead. (laughs) That that much is true, but I think that that's, uh, to some extent, it's a a platitude. It's true Mm -hmm. that businesses want long-term customers and that uh, it is, uh, you know, against their... Uh, ben- it's, it's, it's not to their benefit to kill off their customers. This is a true statement. However, um, when you're talking about, a, say, a big business especially, and I think that in a freer market you wouldn't see big businesses because they wouldn't it, – you wouldn't see as nearly as many big businesses oh, because – Oh, yeah. They couldn't get that big because they, they don't privilege. have privilege. Yeah, they don't have the privilege of the state. Mm-hmm. But um, you, that – you know, these uh, big businesses can make a calculation. Well, let's see. If this car, we produce this type of car, it kills off, uh, you know, one out of every 100,000 people. We pay a payoff there. Well, it's cheaper than a recall. Then, you know, that's a good idea. Then we'll just uh, keep on producing it. Yeah. I can see that. However, I say that the that the regulation should come through the court system, essentially. When somebody finds that uh, their actions, that the actions of company have been unjust, they should be 
they should have to pay punitive damages. Yep, and their reputation will take a hit too. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can give us a call at 855-453. We might be able to squeeze you in here in the last segment. It's been Mark with you. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Check out amp.freetalklive.com if you want to uh, get all the benefits that come from being one of our subscribers, you can get a uh, – there's an Amplifier podcast that's commercial-free, and uh, there's an Amplifier forum on the BBS, an Amplifier call-in line. It's amp.freetalklive.com. All we ask is $3 a month. Amp, But we still give everything to you for free, amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jim in Indiana. Jim? Jim, yeah, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh Benjamin Franklin said that uh, more corrupt the people become, the more in need of a master they are. And it seems like television, the public schools, and media and everything has been trying to corrupt our people for the last 50 years. And it seems like this is all, uh, they couldn't take our freedom away any other way, so they're trying to corrupt the people. That's kind of what I think. How are they corrupt? What way are people corrupt that they weren't 50 years ago? Oh, we were uh, much more religious. People had prayer in school. Now, Jim, hold on a minute. I I would like to um, examine that point a little bit further. Now, I'm a person who is not religious at all, and I consider myself to have a very specific system of values and principles. You know, I sure that's why you're sitting there completely naked. Uh, well, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com and find out that I am indeed wearing clothes. But okay. <laughs> And it wouldn't be immoral in any way to be naked either. There's nothing bad about nudity. But anyway, regardless of that, you know, I don't think religion and, and of course, we can see many examples of religious people who are not virtuous. You know, they are molesting children. They are embezzling money. Just they are uh, hip, hypocritical. And so I don't think that we can really equate religion with virtue. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, let me let me put it this way. People that read the Bible and believe in God, not per se religious, because you're right, there are a lot of religious people that are corrupt, but people that, uh, like 50 years ago, the biggest problem in school was chewing gum. Now it's people bringing guns and drugs to school. You know, it's it's uh, our country is. We were one of the most virtuous people fifty, seventy-five years ago, and that's why we were rich. Now we're one of the we're we've got the highest uh, divorce rate, uh, murder rate. 
I mean, our, look what's happened to our country in the last 50 Well, violent years. crime is diminishing and has been for the last yeah, 15 years. Yeah, that was my years. understanding, but too. I, the divorce rate is increasing, but I really do wonder if that's a customer service issue. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, getting out of a marriage was difficult, and, yeah. you know, it's, it was done very, very rarely. And only I wonder if there the were many more, circumstances. many more unhappy marriages that stayed together because And how divorce... good is that for kids? Right. Well, and, you can you can just look and see through the statistics of how children fare better with both parents than in a divorced family. I'd I say that that's you. I, I, yes. I think that it's the optimum way to raise a child is with two people. However, um, I think that those two people need to love each other. And yeah. if those two people don't love each other, that you're just setting up a situation where it's not it's a non-optimal situation. So whether and, that know, non-optimal situation is, you know, going between mommy and daddy or the non-optimal situation is staying in a house where daddy hits mommy or mommy hits daddy and they fight all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, the not uh, eliminating divorce would not solve anything. Well, I- it, it would solve a lot. I mean, I, I'm a single parent. I've raised my daughter since she was two, and now she's 17. And I've had all kinds of problems. Sure, it's hard. There wasn't no mother in the house. Did you? Do you wish that? Do you wish that your? Wait, 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 Jim. Do you wish that your wife or, or the, the 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 mother of your daughter would have stayed with you? Uh, yes, if she would have been a been there to be a mother oh, but you don't get that choice my friend people are going to act the way no. people are going to act and yeah you know, i mean love has to be given freely the government it can really say can't that you, be you mandated only get to marry once but you can't but the government can't say that people will act right yeah yeah that's that's true yeah. i uh i've seen other places though where uh, countless times that i've seen where women have brought up their children and the daughter gets molested by the boyfriend. And I, I know a half a dozen cases personally where that's happened. It does that's happen. one of the reasons I was so adamant to keep my daughter myself. Wow. Yeah, that that is so unfortunate. And I think it's, it's hard real... to raise a kid by yourself, Jim. And I've got to say, you know, I'm really impressed. It, I, I, yeah, Jim, I feel for you, too. I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that, all that hardship, you know, raising a kid by yourself. And it's really nice that you wanted to protect your daughter also. But I think we have to think about, like, why do people do crimes like that? Why do people molest children or something like that? And I think it's clearly part of a cycle of abuse. And I, I don't think the answer lies in preventing divorces. I think it's no, really a no, much I deeper think, issue. Yeah. I think it's a cycle of what they put on the television and the media to uh, manipulate people through. You can't watch that stuff, some of the filth that comes out of that television and not be affected. Well, you always have a choice to turn it off, right? And it's important to distinguish. A lot of people are making that choice these days. A lot of people are saying, look, yeah. I'm just not going to, we're just not going to have a TV I don't have a in TV home. in my yeah. home either. Yeah. I mean, but I do see some stuff on the internet and some of it's stuff that I'd rather not see. So I just realize that that stuff is not real. You know, it's, um, it's meant to either shock or it's just made up. And, uh, you know, I, I can distinguish reality from fantasy and that's very important to do. Jim, I, I think you a lot of children that can't. Sure. And so maybe their parents um, have a responsibility to talk about what they see on TV with their children, you know, and uh, and try to impart that message that TV is not equal to real life. 
Jim, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. I wanted you to address this uh, issue of, you know, our biggest problem in schools uh, 50 years ago was kids chewing gum. Is that a problem? Are they hurting anybody by that chewing gum? That was the gum? biggest problem. I'm not saying that pr- chewing gum is a problem. The biggest problem <laughs> was kids chewing gum and that now they're bringing in guns, knives and, uh, you know, bombs and things like that. Because, you know, this yeah. is admittedly society has changed over time. And I think that this is a strong suit of the, the moralists out there that would claim that, you know, religion will return us to, um, you know, what was better is, you know, they can kind of say that these, you know, that, I'm that, sure religion... that Norman Rockwell existed. Now, I'm not entirely sure it did. Um, I can tell and, you that- and at what cost though mark you know at, at what cost imposing religion on everybody to what prevent violence at schools um, there are a lot of people most people in America now claim to be religious and we still have the, the societal problems of guns and bombs and stuff at school. I think the biggest problem is the schools have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't think that well, they've, you know, I, I think 50 years ago, a school that had 1,500 students would have been huge. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, now a school of 1,500 students is not particularly large. And that when you have people that are you know, can walk around in anonymity and they don't know other people, people that that there's that you're more likely to have situations like you know larger scale violence and stuff like that well it you certainly know the wouldn't eliminate bu- it bullying but and those things existed in the past too bullying and violence happen i mean why would a kid bring a gun to school obviously it's because either a they want to hurt somebody which means they themselves have been hurt and they're repeating that onto someone else or b because they feel threatened and they don't feel safe I at school it's mostly because they feel threatened that would be okay. my guess yeah that would be my guess too so in that case why do they feel threatened well because they're forced to go to a place where they don't want to be learning things that they don't want to learn with a bunch of people who they feel scared of so of course they're going to feel threatened yeah. i mean I, I think that is a huge problem most bullying and violence among peers happens in places where people are forced together and that is in, in jails, schools, and the military. You know, the worst bullying and hazing happens in those environments. And so, you know, part of it is, I think, just not forcing people to be in places where they don't want to be. You know, people are uh, – the military, they're not forced into, but yes, they really can't leave. And yeah. there's, a, there's a societal pressure to be in, say, um, pledge, you know, pledges in um, the, the Greek letter organizations in college. And there's, there's oh a lot goodness. of hazing that goes on in that too. Oh, yeah. But we'll I have can to tell talk you, about that some night. I've never worked at a job where they – you know, I mean, maybe as a new guy, they, they played you? some trick on you or something like that. But, you know, there wasn't any, you know, eggs in your hair. Or you've got to drink this bottle of urine or whatever the kind of crazy nonsense that goes through these other organizations. Never had a job like that. It's but awful. It's, it's I wouldn't want that out of any voluntary relationship that in order to get in, you have to do something that hurts you. No, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, that's that's another one. Um, you can check us out at freetalklive.com. We are live 7p to 10p Eastern, seven days a week, and uh, we're streaming repeated audio there at freetalklive.com. It's been Mark. And Stephanie. Thanks for listening. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. 